Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Happy New Year. I mean, it's April 1st, I know, but when the baseball season begins, it feels like the year does begin, doesn't it? Okay. Like it's just, it's The warm weather's coming, baseball's here, the boys of summer, and that's exactly what we're looking forward to. Maybe we can officially say that 2021 begins on this day. How you doing, everybody? Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, Alan Hahn with J. Will, and we are joined by Buster Olney. I don't know if it's a Goodyear hotline or not, but I'm going to say it is. Well, we just established it as a Goodyear hotline. I mean, yeah. So he's there with us. You can hear the wind outside in the elements. He, he's in the thick ready of it. Ready already. You know, well, I, wait, wait, be here, outside. Here's the beautiful part about it. So earlier we are talking to Buster, and I hear the birds mm. in the background. I'm like, oh, that sounds warm. Yeah, there you go. It sounds like he's someplace good. Like, I hear the baseball. Just <laughs> yeah, must be. The grinding of the bat. I'm like, yeah. okay. It's that mm-hmm. time Short of the sleeves, year. Right? You must be. Right, Buster? Well, I'm down in Washington. I'm standing outside my hotel, and it's rainy and it's cold. Okay. But you know what? If you're a Mets fan, it's spring today, yes, right? It's yes, spring it is. is the start of a new, a start of a new season. Yeah. And as as the news came down late last night, Francisco Lindor will sign a 10-year, 341, and the one is very important, 341 million dollar contract, the third largest contract in baseball it did came, it did come down to the wire though buster it, it, did you feel like though it was not going to happen did you feel like this was inevitable I, I guess steve cohen the new owner of the mets proved his worth once again also kept his promise as they say put his money where his mouth is not only made the deal to get lindor but now makes the deal to keep him with the mets what does this mean for the franchise yeah, I absolutely thought it was going to get done because I was talking with uh, agents who don't represent Lindor yesterday, and they were like, no, you can't have an offer over $300 million with one of the signature franchises in baseball, with the richest owner in baseball, uh, and not push it across the finish line because it was just too much at risk really on both sides for the Mets. You know, they make the big trade during the offseason to get the guy that they wanted to have as the centerpiece of the franchise. And so you knew they were going to try to do what they could to push it across. And on Lindor's side, boy, if he had gone into the year unsigned, can you imagine the pressure on him yeah. during the course of the season? And he would have probably had about $160, $180 million at risk. So it was big day for the Mets. And what a turnaround for a franchise compared to where they've been in the past. I mean, I mean, Buster, when you, when you think about Steve Cohen, Stevie Cohen, I call him Stevie. Stevie. Stevie, that's Because I feel like I know him, but <laughs> yeah. even though we don't know him. Just the, the, the kind of example he's set in coming in here, saying that the Mets are here to play. We are here to compete with what he's done. Where would you rank that as far as a rehaul from an owner? Hmm. It's the best since the Dodgers' ownership changed. And think how different hmm. – that franchise is since uh, that ownership went in there. Mm-hmm. They basically began to flex their muscles as a big market team should. And now every year they win the division. Every year we talk about them as being a World Series contender. And that's the future for the Mets. I mean, think about, you know, uh, despite the fact, you know, of course, during the course of the winter, there was some angst among Mets fans. You know, why aren't we getting George Springer? Why aren't we getting, getting Trevor Bauer? In the end, This franchise will have increased its payroll by about 25%. It will have just added a signature player, a franchise player, in Francisco Lindor, and they just doled out the third biggest contract in baseball history. That is a rapid departure and also is a clear signal that if during the year the Mets need to make moves to upgrade the roster, you know they'll do it. Tell you what, there's a lot of excitement, Buster, uh, with this team. And it's not just from the fan base that has been a long-suffering fan base in New York and really all over the country, a lot of Mets fans everywhere. 
But even for the players, so I talked to Pete Alonzo yesterday on my show, and to hear him gush about the change, like he noticed it right away, the difference from going from one ownership to another, the excitement about it. He said just the buzz, there's just a different feeling. And also, it's not just in, in the owner. The addition of Lindor and what it meant to that team, but to that group in the clubhouse. Here, here's what he said. Now, I, this always already made headlines, but still, he said he would pay Lindor $400 million. Now, that also mm. could be because he's like, because then when I'm up, <laughs> what am I going to get? But if you listen to how he talks about Lindor and what he means, it, it's pretty interesting. Here, here's what Alonzo said yesterday. He's a superstar. Not only does he have uh, incredible skills on the field, but, I mean, I just think that from how I've seen him work, he's a leader and he's a prime example. And, I mean, he's a, he's a young guy. I think he's 27. And, and what he's accomplished is insane for such a young player. And he's been in the league for a long time um, because he's, he's super talented. And, and he's performed. I, I would pay 400 mil for him. So he was obviously gushing about his new teammate and also went on to talk about just how that clubhouse just feels different. They, they really feel like they can do something special with this group starting tonight right on ESPN against the Nationals, which will be a, certainly a rival of theirs in that division. Yeah, it's a far different assumption in that clubhouse about what's possible. You know, in the years that I covered those Yankee teams, uh, when they would go into an offseason or leading up to a trade deadline, I'd have veterans come up and say, hey, what are you here? What are we going to do? Right. What superstar are we going to add? That just became an expectation. Uh, Steve Cohen basically said in his first day, he was introduced his owner, you know what, I want to win a World Series within five years. That is a very different culture than what we've had over the last 25 years. When, when I covered the Mets, I'd walk in and uh, leading up to a trade deadline, you might get an eye roll from a player like, yeah, we'll see. Because there was always a, a feeling that the ownership there would not spend like a big market team. Well, those days are over. Mm-hmm. There's a new sheriff in town. And now there's a chance the Mets could own New York. Oh, wow. Wait, say that again. Wow, wow, wow. That's the soundbite of the morning. (laughs) There is a chance that the Mets could own New York. I mean, who would have imagined that if you had a situation where the Yankees could have traded for Lindor during the winter, they weren't the team that got him, the New York team that got him. It was the Mets, and it was the Mets that paid Lindor all that money last night. Well, that is wow. a Nelson Doubleday kind of reaction right there. Remember, in the 80s, that's where it went for the Mets. But, you know, that's one of the storylines. We're talking with Buster Only, Alan Hodge, Jay Will, KJZ on ESPN Radio. So, other storylines in Major League Baseball, Buster. Let's take you through a couple of them, okay? Absolutely. All right, let's do this. So, it's brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call Adele Technologies Advisors today or at 877-ASK-DELL. So, the first one that we want to talk about quickly here is labor war looms. What's happening there? Yeah, the current collective bargaining agreement is set to expire in December, uh, and the relationship between these two sides is the worst that I've seen it since I started covering baseball in 1989. Mm. The fact that the two sides couldn't agree to a universal DH or expanded playoffs uh, going into the season tells you everything you need to know about how they really can't work together. It's going to be a battle. Man, it's the last thing the sport needs is they're trying now to attract more fans, and they've been uh, just, again, starting an exciting season like this. The next one, Dodgers dominance. Keyshawn would love this for sure. Yeah, and this is a team that's so good. I mean, think about 
last year's 60-game season, we shouldn't take all those numbers at face value. They were beating their opponents by an average of two and a half runs per game. So I think not only the Dodgers adding Trevor Bauer, having the incredible rotation that they have, where even David Price isn't as sure to spot in the rotation, uh, it wouldn't shock me if they were to challenge the 98 Yankees standard of 114 Ooh. wins, the Mariners standard of uh, in 2001 of 116 wins, and uh, go well over plus 300 in run differential and become the first team since those 98 to 2000 Yankees to go back-to-back in championships. Wow, okay. Keyshawn would definitely love that. Here's another one now. The next one up would be the NL East Brawl. Is that the toughest division in baseball? There's no question about it. And let's face it, we're in an era where we see a lot of teams tanking. In the National League East, all five teams are trying to win. That's where the primary arms race is. The Mets leading the way. The Phillies, during the course of the winter, upgrading their bullpen. The Nationals adding Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber. And, oh, by the way, those plucky, underrated Atlanta Braves who merely won the division the last three years with the Marlins getting better. Uh, As players told me in spring training, they're going to be beating the heck out of each other all year. Wow, that's exciting. All right, next one up, a very unique player, Shohei Otani. What's that story And it looks... It looks like we're ready for the breakout that we had expected when he came over and he was hyped up as the Babe Ruth of Japan. Mm -hmm. He has looked phenomenal this spring. Added 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason. Through stats on Monday, he was hitting 571 in spring training with five homers and three strikeouts. His command in pitching wasn't that great. But he'll figure that out. He was throwing 100 miles per hour. I'm so excited we have him on our first Sunday night baseball game this coming weekend against the Chicago White Sox with his first start. And you might see the Angels give up the DH and hit Otani second, which would be fun. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) that'd be amazing. The last storyline of the year, and this is one in a big market to keep an eye on this, could be a massive midseason sell-off. That's right. The Chicago Cubs have about 15 guys who are working in the last years of their respective contracts. Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo are some of the headliners, but they got a lot more. And if it doesn't go well for the Cubs in the first few months, they seem absolutely poised to pivot in midseason, to do a sell-off, to fuel a rebuild of some kind. And I tell you what, when you look at those guys on that team, you're telling me someone like Anthony Rizzo wouldn't look good in a Yankee uniform when we get to August 1st? I think there are going to be a lot of moves made by the Cubs if they don't play well early. Generating a lot of excitement about the Major League Baseball season, which opens today, 1 o'clock, Blue Jays-Yankees on ESPN. And, of course, four games today on ESPN as well to get you ready. As we're with Buster Only here for most of this hour, it's opening day, and we want to hear from you. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Can you stump Buster? That's a fun game to play. Plus, oh boy. will the best player in Major League Baseball do something he's never done before? We'll discuss that after Jay has this from Goodyear. That's what we do here, Buster. Can we stump you? Yeah. Goodyear knows when the season starts heating up, so do the possibilities. Playoff hopefuls are beginning to emerge, and contenders are solidifying their position, like the Mets. From here on out, every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to build up to the moment, but it takes everything to capture it. Goodyear, more driven. Happy opening day. Today, the game's count. And the season is underway. Strike three call. Absolutely crushed. Throws him with a fastball. Looks up, and it's good! This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. 
This was on SportsCenter, right, this interview? There it is. Talking baseball. I sang it like I know this song, but I don't. But it sounds catchy. See, this is all the, like, the old names, though. Like, what are the old names? Well, that was the... I, I heard Scooter, which is Phil Rizzuto. It's happening too fast for me right now at this hour of the morning. <laughs> Willie, Mickey, and the Duke, though. I mean, that's, that's oh, certainly... Oh, okay. Who are they? Mickey Mouse? Mickey Mantle. Oh, oh. I, I know who you're referring to. And Willie Mays. Who oh, are you? Well, we'll say their full names. Well, that's Jay Will. <laughs> Obviously. I'm Alan Hahn, and Buster only joins us from outside his hotel where it's raining, and unfortunately you're in the worst situation of all, but I'm dealing with Jay Will right now. Buster, <laughs> could you give me all the names in that song right now? Is it, It's a song well, that you've yeah, probably heard a I'm million socially, times. I am socially distancing myself from Jay Will after he didn't know exactly who the Willie reference was for. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I didn't even know the ones. First, wait, time out. I, I, let me defend myself. Never even heard of the song. You just randomly dropped names on me. You don't, don't know, know Mickey? Right. If I say baseball and Mickey, you're like Mickey Mouse? Is that what you're doing? Well, I mean, I work for Mickey, okay? He has a pretty important role in my life. <sighs> It's not a it's not a horrific transition. This is where I pull his I grew up in the New York area card. All right, this is where I pull that from you right now. Speaking of socially uh, distancing, um, <laughs> there is some news with the Texas mm-hmm. Rangers that not only has gotten everybody's attention media wise, but it also has reached the White House. So President Joe Biden was a guest uh, with Sage Steele on the eleven o'clock Sports Center uh, last night, and he was asked what he thinks of the Rangers. Decided to have full capacity on Monday for their home opener. That's a decision they made. I think it's a mistake. They should listen to Dr. Fauci and the scientists and the experts. Um, and uh, but uh, I think it's not responsible. So that was straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's make that uh, straight talk. So, Buster, your thoughts on not only what the president just said there in his reaction, which I think we all have that same reaction but also on the Rangers deciding to do this on Monday. Yeah, and it's what uh, President Biden said is what a lot of executives with other teams are saying. Like, really? You've got some teams, like here in Washington, they're going to have 5,000 people in the park tonight, 12% capacity, and the Rangers are going full capacity, and they implicitly acknowledge the fact that maybe they're not entirely comfortable with it because after opening day, they're going to invoke some social distancing rules. <laughs> oh, really? So it's hard. It's you kind of scratch your head and say, wait a second, the social distancing rules are important for games two and three, but not one. It doesn't make any sense. And it makes people in baseball uncomfortable that the Rangers could be fostering a dangerous event. Mm -hmm. You know what, Buster, you know what's uh, unfortunate about it is that they make that statement and the public's going to show up. I mean, the the public's going to come. They're all in. Like that place is going to be packed. Right. So I, I think every time that we hear executives or people on a platform talk about this, you have to be very careful with what you, what decision you decide to make because you have influence. You can influence this thing to continue to spread. It's um, it's disappointing when you watch. It's surprising. Is that what it, it is? Yeah. It is surprising and it is disappointing, uh, but it's also a reminder that, let's face it, in baseball there's not as much central authority as there is in the NBA. Uh, the 30 teams, in a lot of cases, do what they want, and this is the Rangers doing what they want to do. That's certainly going to be something to keep an eye on. There's no doubt about that. Um, we're doing over-unders here. We're going to we're going to 
We're going right, to do it coming up next as we're trying to move the show along. Buster Olin, we're trying to get him out of the rain as well as, as he has taken one for the team for us this morning. Joining us on opening day in baseball, we've got the large slate for you. Blue Jays-Yankees begins at 1 o'clock on ESPN. we got all the big names. Dodgers, Rockies, that's the 4 o'clock game. Uh, also ESPN. Then at night, the Mets, the new-look Mets with Francisco Lindor now in the fold at 10 years and $341 million, his new wow. deal, playing the Nationals. That's at 7, also on ESPN Radio. And the late-night game, Astros and the A's, the 10 o'clock, again, all on ESPN. So we got it for you, full coverage of baseball on opening day, the start of, well, the unofficial start of summer, of maybe 2021, and that feeling like you hear the birds chirping in the background around Buster, right? you got to feel like the warm weather is coming, even if it's not happening quite where he is right now. So over-unders for baseball's best player and more. That's coming up next after Jay has this from Indeed. Connoisseur of case management or guru of global sales? Whoever you're looking to hire, you can find them at Indeed. Sponsor a job post and Indeed's Instant Match searches millions of resumes in their database and immediately delivers a list of quality candidates whose resume fit your job description. You can add an Indeed skills test so candidates can show you their skills that go beyond the resume. No wonder Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Happy opening day. A swing and a throw! Bad flip, it's bombs away. Welcome to Championship is something that don't happen to a ball player today. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. KJZ, hmm. ESPN Radio, Alan Hahn with Jay Will, Buster only joining us as well, opening day in baseball. And Buster, we, we were meant to get to this sooner, but these are always fun to do at the start of the baseball season. We do it in football season as well. We have you here to discuss over-unders. So we're going to give you a bunch of different ones, whether they're home runs, whether individual or team-oriented, and you can let us know if they're going to be over or they're going to be under. Ready to play? I love it. Right, I let's, love this stuff. Let's, <laughs> let's do so it. So do I. It means we're making money, Buster. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's begin with Mike Trout. So he had a career-high 45 home runs in 2019. I'm setting the over-under at 49.5 for this season. Over-under. I'm going over. Look, ooh, uh, Anthony ooh. Rendon was installed in the lineup behind him last year. 
And this isn't going to sound like a big number, but in baseball context it is. He saw 4% more pitches in the zone because Rendon was batting behind him. Joe Madden, the Angels manager, says, I believe in protection, and I think that protection is going to help Trout get over 50. All right, let's go with my Yankees. As I just mentioned, 11 years without a World Series appearance, let alone a title. 96 wins this year, over or under? I'm going to go over, not necessarily because the Yankees are going to be that much better than they were last year, but because very few teams in the American League actually tried to upgrade during the wintertime. And the Yankees have a really deep team. They're built for the regular season with that tremendous offense. They go over with the help of additions before the July 31st trade deadline. I'll say it again. Anthony Rizzo is a perfect fit added in the middle of the year for the Yankees. Hey, to the Rizzo, that would be a great addition for sure. All right, Garrett Cole. 273 and a half strikeouts is the over-under. Where's he going? I'm going over. He's ridiculous. Uh, DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball right now, but Garrett Cole is a close second. He's going over. All right, Buster. Giancarlo Stanton, 38.5, over or under. As much as I would love to see him at 40, is it possible? I think it is because we saw last year when baseball was shut down, he really began to work on changing his body. I remember seeing him in spring training thinking, boy, he looks like a power lifter. That has totally changed. He's more streamlined. He's got power. He'll be hitting in Yankee Stadium. I think he'll stay on the field more this year, and he's going to go over. How about we go to the Mets side of things in Lindor? RBI, 87 and a half. Got to be over, right? It's got to be under. Uh, Look, he's hitting second in the lineup. If he were hitting third or fourth, I think I would uh, endorse that. But that Mets lineup is so crazy deep where you have Lindor hitting second, Michael Conforto hitting third, uh, Pete Alonso hitting four, Dom Smith hitting five. I think the RBI opportunities are going to be for guys hitting behind him. All right, let's go to a polarizing topic. Houston Astros wins over or under 88.0. I mean, no Justin Verlander, got, right, for most of the season, coming off Tommy John surgery. That's exactly right. I got them under 88, and they also have no George Springer. He left as a free agent. Framber Valdez, who was so terrific pitching at the end of last year, he's got an injury right now. I think this is the year the, the Astros really begin to take a step back. Okay, Baltimore Orioles wins 63.5. <laughs> Look, Buster, they need to continue to develop their young talent, right? I mean, I, I, I would go under here, right? I, look, if I didn't have this as a job, I would be running to bet the under because they're not trying to win this year. And the other teams in the American League East are trying to win. You know if they have a player who's having a decent season, guess what, in midseason? Trade. They're going to ship him out. They're going to trade him for assets. Absolutely under. In fact, I, I think the over-under on them should be closer to like 55. Woo-hoo. I mean, just that, that's where you go in the AL East to eat every time you play them. Spitting the hot fire, Buster. Right. I know you're high on the Dodgers. Everybody is 103 and a half, 103.5 win total. You said they might challenge the Yankees. I'm record. going over on that. You going over? Easy going over. over. Easy over. Easy over. I, that, that number surprises me. And look, I know it's not – Uh, standard for teams to assume that you could win that many games. But we saw the level of dominance, and we saw how they got better during the winter, adding Trevor Bauer. 
Uh, again, in spring training, the debate was whether or not David Price, a Cy Young Award winner, would even be in the rotation, and he's not. Hmm. It's a crazy deep team. They'll add during the course of the season if they have to before the trade deadline. Easy over. I think they're going to come closer to approaching that Yankees mark of 114 wins from 1998. Wow. Now to one of the most electrifying players in the game, Fernando Tatis Jr., 165.5 hits over or under. I'm going to go over. He is the most exciting player in baseball. And look, you know, he had a nagging shoulder injury in spring training. There was some concern about that. He's a young guy. Like, he'll be fine. He'll get out there and play, especially at the beginning of this contract. So I think he'll go over that. And the Padres, to me, are the second best team in baseball. It's just unfortunately they're in the same division as the Dodgers. All you got to do is bat like 285, and he'll cross that, I feel I like. Mean, I mean, that, that lineup is yeah. going to be interesting too, right? Um, all right, the last one I have for you in over-under world is one that was set. I'll, I'll give you the source. All right, but we're setting Pete Alonzo RBI at 129 and a half. Now, the reason why we came up with that number is because Pete Alonzo <laughs> told me yesterday on Barton Hahn that he, his plan, his standard – is 130. He wants to get to 130. He wants to drive in 130 runs. So if you were to say over or under on 129 and a half, would you go over or under for Pete Alonso? If you asked me on February 15th, I'd say no question under. But after we saw Alonso in spring training and the changes that he made and taking the ball to right center field and being more plate disciplined and Lindor signing this contract, which I think is going to relax him and free him up, I'm taking the over. I think that Mets lineup is going to be ridiculously good. Pete Alonso is going to have a monster season and be in the MVP conversation. Wow, MVP conversation. I like that. All right, today on ESPN Daily, it's one of the greatest sports days of the year, baseball's opening day. So Tim Kirshen runs you through Everything you need to know heading into this Major League Baseball season, follow us and listen on your favorite podcast app. <laughs> Buster. Buster. I like that. Like, I mean, for your whole life, have we've always just made plays off of your name. I imagine, Buster, it gets tiresome, but it's fun. Yeah, it's totally fine, and I've met far more dogs and cats that have my name than human beings, too. That's another, that's another thing I did. Well, let's go with uh, odds to win the World Series. So World Series or Buster, this is all via a Caesars William Hill. Let's go with the White Sox at plus 1,000. Yeah, I think they uh, are a really good choice at that number because the American League Central – uh, generally speaking, is a weak division. The White Sox, one of the few American League teams to make upgrades during the winter. Most notably, Liam Hendricks, the best reliever in baseball to close out games. How about the Mets? Plus 1,000. Meet the Mets. I like them a little, even a little better than that really? now that this Lindor situation is settled because, look, okay. a relaxed Lindor, now that he's got the money in the bank, uh, I think that the lineup is going to be terrific. The only real question about this team is the depth in the rotation. And Steve Cohen is not going to spend all this money during the winter and not upgrade during the regular season. So when a Kevin Gossman of the San Francisco Giants becomes available in trade or maybe a Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs, you will see the, the Mets be aggressive. Yeah, I wonder how many players people will start picking off the carcass of the Cubs this year, right, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, in that division, though, with the Cubs, the Cardinals are plus 2,500. 
I, I don't like that number for the Cardinals. I don't like the Cardinals as a, a team that could potentially win the World Series. They've had so many issues in spring training with the rotation. They had injuries all over the place. They added Nolan Arenado to play base, but there weren't really a lot of other upgrades. Here's the other thing, too. I think any team that comes out of the National League Central, uh, it's like going to the NCAA tournament of one of these small conferences and then playing the big boys you know, from the Big East to the ACC. Let's go to the Atlanta Braves, plus 1,000, a team that was so close last year. And I pick them to win the National League East again this year. Mm. Somehow a team that's won three straight divisions is underrated. Yeah. They have a tremendous rotation. They got Freddie Freeman, the MVP. They got Ronald Acuna Jr. I think they could be right back in the same spot they were last year, playing for a, a chance to go to the World Series. Right, the massively upgraded San Diego Padres at plus 900 to get to the World Series. World Series or Buster? I love the Padres as a team, but here's the thing. Because they couldn't agree to expanded playoffs, think about what the Padres' path to the World Series would have to be. Uh, they, I think, will finish behind the Dodgers in the National League West, and then they have to play the one-game wild card. Yeah. That's a coin flip. You never know. That's the one concern I have about the Padres playing deep into October. Okay. Every season in the World Series is a World Series or bust when you wear the pinstripes. Let's go with the Yankees, <laughs> plus 550. I love their chances because of the fact that the American League has really taken a step back generally while the Yankees have that great offense built for the regular season. And we've been talking about midseason upgrades being such a big factor. During the winter, Hal Steinbrenner, their owner, he kept his powder dry. He didn't spend a lot of money. I think that changes as fans go into the stands the Yankees generate more revenue, and I think they'll spend that before the trade deadline. I mean, it's amazing, too. Can they just get healthy, right? Can they just get healthy is the part that matters the most. Aaron All right. Judge, stay healthy. Yeah, but they get to get healthy, too. All right, last but not least, I mean, this seems to be the, the odds-on favorite. This seems to be the team that you would put your money down on the most, at least I think so. The Dodgers at plus 350 seem like the easiest bet of all, No. And, Jay, I think you can relate to this so much that this team now has had repeated success. That becomes a weapon for this franchise. Mm -hmm. They've won the World Series now. There's an expectation that they're going to get there. And when they go into the postseason, all of that experience and they, like the, the, I think the, uh, the culture there will work on their behalf it's part of what makes them such a dangerous team. The players have all bought into the idea of depth and of keeping everybody fresh and using a lot of players. Buster, do you give them um, – are they going to be your repeat champions? Do they do this again since – I mean, it's the first time it's happened in, what, over 15 years since the Yankees have been able to do it three times in a row? The first time since those 98, 2000 Yankees, I think they're absolutely uh, going to do it. Um, that was my pick um, because of the additions they made. And because of the maturity, I mean, even though they've been around in the postseason in recent seasons, they're still a relatively young team with guys like Cody Bellinger and Walker Bueller. And now you add an older guy uh, like Trevor Bauer to the rotation. And if they need help, like the Yankees, like the Mets, I think they'll go and add during the season. Buster, we appreciate you joining us, man. This has been great to talk to you about this opening day and, and what's going to be an important season for baseball. I know you mentioned the you know labor concerns going forward, where this sport is. So before we let you go, I just wanted to give you that opportunity as this new season begins and understanding just how much they are trying to catch up 
with NFL, which has become America's pastime, the NBA, which has become a very popular sport with the younger generation, they're trying to do the same thing here as well. What do you see, though? What do you see for the future of this sport short term? That they can't move forward and really demonstrate a lot of growth until there's a better relationship between the Players Association and Major League Baseball. There needs to be a collaborative relationship, a cooperative relationship where the two sides share a vision on how to improve the sport and to make it more attractive for a younger audience. They just don't have that dynamic in place right now. There's just so much unhappiness in the relationship with the two sides. But, sir, how come they don't let individual players show way more personality? Like, you know, I think one of the things that you see in the NFL uh, even more – it's more prevalent in the NBA, but you see it more in the NFL than you do in Major League Baseball, is individuals who become as big as a sport to a degree. Now, I know owners may not like that, but that, wouldn't that help propel the sport of baseball into a different stratosphere? There's no question about it. I think there are people on both sides of the aisle who, who absolutely see that high ground that everyone wants to go for, but I can't tell you that on a, on a regular basis – there are people in the leadership from the Players Association sitting down with people from Major League Baseball saying, wow, Fernando Tatis Jr., what exciting player. Shohei Otani, what exciting player. Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, what can we all do together to make this happen? Instead, the two sides are effectively entrenched and just lobbing labor grenades at each other from afar. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Well, you got to let the players start to express themselves and really kind of take ownership of the sport. Exactly. And it's something I think that a lot of fans would welcome right now uh, with this sport. So we're excited to have it. The game is back. Baseball is back. Buster, happy new year. And we appreciate you joining us here in the morning in a little bit of a drizzle. We hope the weather gets better. Hopefully you stay dry, Buster. Thank you, brother. All good. Great to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, all the best. That's Buster Only on the Goodyear Hotline. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Alan Hahn with J. Will. Presented by Progressive Insurance. That's awesome. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com morning, code morning, for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, 
It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ready to get back into some football now? I'm ready for every sport, man. As it is apparently another season going on right now. It's called Pro Day Season. I didn't know it was a thing, but clearly it is. (laughs) As we are talking about different performances in Pro Days, and Diana Rossini is going to join us right now, our ESPN NFL reporter. And, and Diana, first of all, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, us. D. How are you? Hi, guys. Good morning. Great to hear your voice. Great to hear Buster out on the field, to hear the, the crack of the bat. Uh, I love baseball seasons. The, it's the best time of year. Well, actually, I enjoy baseball the most in the summertime, but it's nice to have that sport back. But, yeah, Pro Days, I feel like every morning I wake up, there's another <laughs> workout that we got to pay attention to. So uh, <laughs> it's exciting, though, because – yeah, I, I love seeing on Twitter, I, I'm sure you guys do too, as, as football fans, just, you know, sort of plays of the day, you know, like like throws that we're seeing from some of these young guys mm-hmm. that are pretty jaw-dropping. And, and knowing that this quarterback class right now is pretty packed up, up at the top of the draft, uh, it's been really fun to try to dig through it all and, and, and really see who, who's emerging as the next big stud. Right. Who's going to, you know, I'm using, I'll, I'll, you can certainly use this. I've been using it all for the last couple of weeks when we talk about it because the draft is in Cleveland. You remember, of course, they called the old stadium the mistake by the lake. Oh, don't do Who's it. Who's going to make the mistake by the lake at the draft? I know. It's such a You're New York thing it to be up. negative. Yeah, it's I, setting it up. Well, why? But you know what? We'll talk about quarterbacks, Here. though. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I'm going to let you have that. I feel like that's something that you should take. Is it too negative? Let's, let's bask in positivity, no, Donna. That's what I like to do. No, yeah, Jay, Jay you know me well. Like, I, 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 I like to be original. I want to come up with my own creative sense of humor and, and jokes. So yeah. you take that one. I think that's going to take you all the way to the promised land. Yeah, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like that's like low-key shade. Right yeah, now. Diana are suddenly, slowly pushing you to the side so we can have our conversation. One of those, fine. like, no, didn't like that. <laughs> A backhanded compliment or something Jay, like that. Jay and I are teaming up on you. Exactly. Now, <laughs> let's, 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 let's talk about being original. I, a guy that I saw be extremely original this year was Justin Fields on the field. I mean, just the way he led, the way he played through injuries, the way he battled. Uh, you know, w- as we get closer to the draft, Diana, what are you hearing about Justin Fields? Yeah, so in terms of evaluation, and, you know, this is also interesting, and Jay, you know this with with the NBA and even in college, you talk to so many different people, different GMs, different coaches, different scouts, and, and you get a different sense from everybody, which is why what Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper do is so difficult to try to come up with these mock drafts, because they're trying to talk to as many people as the reporters are and using their own eye to come up with how this draft is going to come together. And when it comes to Justin Fields, the talent, just the, the pure athletic ability, the arm strength, is the most consistent thing I hear about him. And Todd McShay released his, his mock draft today, and you'll see Justin Fields falling in Todd's mock, right? So uh, that immediately puts up a flag of like, well, what could that be? Because I don't get the sense he's falling. I, I really don't. But I have heard that some of the concerns about him, and and concerns maybe is a little too much of a dramatic word, but some of the issues that have come up is uh, he may hold the ball a little past his first read. And when you watch him play at Ohio State, you you see that. You you see, and and look, there was a lot of 
opportunities or a lot of times where he didn't really have to go past his first read. So it's hard to really detect that. But he's being compared to, to guys like Mac Jones, you know, who, who, who seems to be a little slightly more sophisticated in that space. So uh, I think that's, that's something that's being discussed. But, but I still think he's one of these quarterbacks that a team is going to be able to take. And my comp, Jay, for him would, would be like a Josh Allen. Mm. You know, Josh was just put in a right position. It's a, it's a, yeah, not yeah. terrible at all. With great weapons, great coaching. And it's really going to be about which team believes and feels he fits for. Do you want this type of quarterback to be the face of your franchise? Talking with Diana Rossini. Uh, yesterday, as we talked so much about quarterbacks with this draft, though, but you had a tweet yesterday that got my attention. As a Jets fan, of course, it added to the anxiety of what they're going to do with the number two pick because it's, it's going to be a mistake by the lake. That's where I was going there. You, you talk about Kyle Pitts and how so many general managers and head coaches are just use the word geeked out when they talk about him. Is, is, he says he believes he could be the best tight end ever. Is he the best non-quarterback in this draft? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I have been hearing about Kyle Pitts probably since like a week after the Super Bowl. Just from, from and not me asking, just everyone bringing him up to me like, man, have you seen this kid? Oh, my gosh, she's so good. And what I tweeted about was because I had just gotten off the phone uh, with two coaches who were at two different pro days, actually. I was catching them both at airports. Um, and I just threw it out there. I just asked, you know, what, what, what do you think of Kyle Pitts and and – Sometimes I need to go do other things in my life. And I was trying to get off the phone, but I can't because they just want to keep talking about the guy so much. You know, they're like, oh, you got to pull, you got to pull tape from last year in this game. Go to the third, you know, go to the second half. You'll see with like three minutes left. I'm like, look, I don't have the access to all the film that you do, but I, I, I'm going to trust you. But, but really the, the, the point of it is um, there's always that one player I find in, in a draft every year that everyone just agrees on is just an incredible talent uh, and, and just has all these sort of freakish abilities um, that he seems to have. Um, I, I think the only other player, not the only player, but the player that came to my mind just now as I was thinking about it, uh, when, when a player that really stood out in a draft, remember Saquon Barkley? You know, yeah. obviously here guys in the New York area. Remember, it was like uh, Dave Gettleman, he was touched by the hand of God. Yes, uh, yes. I mean, that was Quite the ridiculous, you know, quote after they took him. But Saquon had that same, like, ability and that same impressive uh, ability on the field that, that everyone just was in agreement that this guy is a star. Uh, can we talk about one last star? His name is Aaron Rodgers. And Packers president Mark Murphy has still been noncommittal on A.A. Ron. How, how do you see this playing out, Diana? <laughs> So, you know, the, the way this has been going on, it, it just it seems ridiculous to me if I'm in Green Bay and I care about the Packers because here we are a couple weeks from the draft. They're set at the quarterback position. In fact, it's, it's, they, they have the luxury. They've got Aaron and Jordan there, right? So here we are preparing for the draft and we're talking about them so much. We're leading Sports Center and get up with it, talking about it on this show. Because they won't put it to bed. They won't just redo his contract. But, but here's the important part, Jay, that I think we're, we're, we're neglecting or perhaps not looking at this the right way. Um, while we can criticize the Packers all day long for their decision 
not to restructure Aaron Rodgers. What is he doing? Are they sending him a message? Uh, this goes to show you that they've given up on him. Um, you know this. You need two parties to agree to a restructure. So there, this could perhaps be Aaron Rodgers maybe sending a message to Green Bay going, you know what? I didn't really like the way you guys treated me this last year. And, guys, we know if anyone is petty in the NFL, it's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. You know, he didn't forget that. So, you know, a restructure should be simple and basic, and, and it's just it, they're making it a lot more challenging than it really needs to be. So uh, at some point, they got to get on the same page. Yeah, it remains a beautiful mystery. Diana, mm. thank you so much. Always great to talk to you. Thanks, Diana. Thanks, guys. All right. Three-time NFL MVP, still looking for a new contract. More on that next. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.